Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the TSMU Q&A series. So glad to be here this evening. I'm your host, Emily Kroll. I'm the Esports and Influencer Marketing Manager over at Logitech. And today we are joined by a very, very special guest who is an old friend of mine at this point, Josiah Newsom. Josiah, how's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm going to let everyone know how to submit their questions and then we'll uh, get Josiah to give us a really detailed intro. So everyone, for this Q&A, we'll be pulling questions from our TSMU Discord. So if you have a question for Josiah, head to discord.gg TSMU and ask your question in the Q&A questions channel. All right, so while people load their questions in, Josiah, why don't you let us know a bit about yourself and what you do in your role as the esports and gaming community marketing manager over at Intel? Yeah. Um, yeah, I work at Intel. Um, personal stuff, like I live in um, Oregon, um, so I'm in the Northwest where it um, likes to rain a lot. Um, when I'm not working, I'm gaming, or I'm like just now getting into woodworking, at least trying to. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, work stuff. I've been at Intel for seven years, um, coming up on that. Um, bunch of different roles all marketing but it's been either like on the consumer side of the house on the sports technology side of the house which was kind of a niche part of intel's business and then been on gaming for the last two-ish years something like that yeah and then did some twitch streaming on the side still do it every now and then yeah awesome awesome love to hear it well, I'm excited to dig deep with you this evening, Josiah, and learn more about your role at Intel and possibly even some previous roles um, and hear all of your amazing advice on uh, how people can can follow your footsteps really on getting into the gaming industry. Do it. Cool. So that leads us into our, our first question, really, uh, which is how did you get your start in gaming? And I, I want to expand that even. Uh, how did you get your start at Intel? Yeah. Um, gaming, I mean, like just in general as a passion point, like been playing it since I don't even know. I have my N64 behind me, actually, which was the first console I played on. Um, so I've been gaming all my life. Never thought it could be a job. Um, <laughs> there's no way I thought it was going to be a job. Um, but how I kind of got into both Intel and gaming was um, going to school. I was originally from Southern California. <clears throat> moved to Oregon for school um, in 2012 um, and then just kind of found my way into an internship um, that we can kind of get into later, but um, found my way into an internship at Intel, um, was able to kind of make some connections there, turn it into a full-time job. Um, and then once I got into Intel, I they asked me what I was interested in doing and I said I cared about sports and gaming. Um, and I kind of like, especially on the sports side, got laughed at a little bit of like, you're in the wrong place. Um, and then gaming was, and still is such kind of a, a small team within Intel. It was like, all right, well, good luck. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I've been here for seven years. It took me five of those to kind of work my way into, into gaming. So yeah. Awesome. Well, we know when, if and when Intel uh, creates any kind of a sports marketing division, we know the guy to call. <laughs> they had nice. one for a bit i did get to work in it surprisingly enough but yeah hey that's cool well maybe we'll uh, get to chat some more about that this yeah. afternoon sweet um what is your background in 
I mean, like professionally background is, is marketing. I have a marketing degree. Um, I, Intel has been really my, um, only like professional company that I've worked for. Um, I came right out of college, but, um, did some kind of marketing throughout college, um, as kind of one-off projects to build up some experience. But yeah, marketing is the, is the background. Other than that, before that, my jobs were like construction, landscaping, um, car washes. Um, and I worked at like sports authority, you know, that's my, that's my background. <laughs> nice. Nice. A wholesome journey. Yes. I can appreciate it. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, what made you want to go to school for marketing? Um, I had no idea what I wanted to go to school for. I actually went to, when I first went to college, I went with a theater degree, funny enough. Hey, um, okay. I did some theater in like high school towards the, towards the end after doing some sports and. Um, found out that you could get scholarships for that and and just tried for it and got a scholarship. And that's how I went to, that's how I started going to school. And then quickly realized within about one week that I had no desire to do theater anymore. Um, and thought, okay, well, what else could I try and do? And honestly, the, the thing that attracted me about marketing was like storytelling. Um, I always enjoyed like the art of storytelling. I thought, hey, I feel like I might be able to do that in a in a business sense. Like that felt like maybe a way I could apply my self. So yeah, that's how I got into marketing. Awesome. I love to hear that. I always like to hear what, uh, what made people interested in their field in the first place. Um, ripped to the theater background. My goodness, but I'm glad that you ended up here because then we got the opportunity to work yeah. together and look at this. We're yeah. reconnected now on TSMU. <laughs> so how did you get your first job in the industry? And was that first job was at Intel, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it was first job was an internship. Um, I had a teacher at my university, um, who was like adjunct and he was working at Intel at the time. Um, and I had absolutely zero concept of, um, who Intel was, um, why I would really care, but I thought, Hey, this is a company (laughs) and I could try and network to get into that. Um, and first, like, you know, I loved this teacher. He was great. We had a good relationship. And then I went up and asked like, Hey man, like what are opportunities within Intel for like internships? Um, and he was like, yeah, there's definitely some. He's like, well, what's your, like, what experience do you have? And I was a sophomore, I think at the time in college and did not have a, an ounce of marketing experience. And I was like, Oh crap. Like I actually need to get some experience outside of my construction, you know, that probably is not going to apply very well. Um, And so, yeah, like I literally took that advice of like, okay, I need to get my resume together. And I mean, you go look at every entry level job and they all want, you know, five to 20 years of experience for that entry level job. So, yeah. So, um, so I started like trying to find like marketing work. So there was, um, some of our classes enabled us to like get access to some local businesses to do some marketing for them. Um, I realized that we had like student government and they were hiring for some marketing roles. I mean, it was as simple as like, you know, they had funding for like school dances and, um, you know, like club funding and things like that. And I was like, okay, like that's an opportunity to, to try and get some, some experience. So I did that for like two and a half years, all the way up until I pretty much graduated. But that was kind of the foundation in which I went and got my Intel internship. I said, Hey, look, I've done this. I've managed this budget. I've done X, Y, Z things like give me a chance. So got the internship and then, um, turned it into a full-time job. I actually got into, uh, what is called the sales and marketing rotation program, which is like a two-year program at Intel where you get to try out four different jobs at four different teams. 
Um, and then at the end, you basically like try and find a, a job. You're somewhat guaranteed, like you go through the program, you're going to get a job. You you get a chance to pick and choose different different roles that you want to try out. So it was it was helpful in getting like a rounded experience very quickly. So yeah, yeah, well, that's awesome. And um, you know, throughout my experience at Lenovo and working very closely with Intel, I saw a lot of success with interns being brought into full time roles yeah. um, at Intel. So I think that's a it's fantastic and it's it's not necessarily a super unusual way for folks to be brought into intel um they yeah. really do a lot of work with their interns and and building them up networking them throughout the company so it's great to see i'm i'm glad that it worked out for you too yeah yeah oh it it uh, worked out sweet so what was that intern experience like that rotation especially and do you have any advice for others on landing that first job or internship especially at a massive corporation like intel yeah um the first like job was crazy to me i mean so i started doing the internship it was my junior year of college um and i very quickly realized that the education that i was getting in college and this is just a personal opinion because i i never was good in school i'll preface that like in school was never my my strong suit i don't learn well in a classroom um that going it into intel and working in the industry i was like wow i don't know anything <laughs> and like you know, the the very entry level things that you learn in a marketing class, like just are not really applying here. Um, and I was just learning so much just by doing. And that's typically how I learn anyways, is by like actually doing something versus, you know, reading about it or someone telling me about it. So um, that was like a, an eye opening experience. I actually wrote a letter to my university saying, I think the title was We Are Not Prepared. And it was talking about <laughs> how I felt like our program wasn't um like up to speed to you know teach kids to be ready for for uh for um the industry and then they ended up asking me to come back and teach adjunct after the fact to like prove it so it was kind of funny hey. but um yeah um but yeah like so that that was kind of the the um the feeling of the first job it was great it was really fun um but just kind of eye-opening but as far as like advice um for getting a role i think um I think the biggest thing that that again I got checked with was when I was asking for roles because people are always interested, but it's trying to find as much experience where you can. Um, it is really tough because most entry level jobs do say like three to five years or whatever, and it's always this daunting thing of, you know, how the question of how am I supposed to get entry level experience before going into an entry level job, right? Um, and so I think trying to find any area in which you can get some experience for me that was you know, local businesses trying to like, you know, help them with their marketing for free. Um, it was, you know, working on student government at my university um, and trying to get marketing experience there. Um, just trying to find any spaces. If I was starting all over today, knowing now what I know and gaming and like doing, you know, streaming and, and chatting with orgs, like I would be reaching out to like smaller orgs that are kind of up and coming and trying to, you know, get creators and do marketing there. Like there's tons of opportunity. I mean, all, all over the place, there's opportunity for that. So to try and get some experience on your resume to say, yeah, like I worked for, you know, this, this small org or this team and did X, Y, Z in, in marketing to be able to put that on a resume, I think is, is super important. Um, and then obviously like networking is a buzzword, but um, I think more than networking to try and find a job, the biggest thing that I always try and tell people is like networking to truly build a relationship and be a sponge and suck up information because I had no idea what I wanted to do. I still feel like I don't even know what I want to do, but by like talking with people in the industry, 
you get an understanding of the types of roles that are out there. So that when you're asked, like, what do you want to do? You have more of a, like a, a baseline of here's, here's what interests me. Um, and a more of an understanding of like how an organization runs and where you feel like you might be able to fit in there. So I think a lot of that is networking, not necessarily for, Hey, I'm hoping this person gives me a job, but like, I want to get as much information from this person as possible to then go like fill in the gaps in my own, you know, resume for what I think will fit there. So yeah, like I ranted totally. for a while, but that's my, that's my thoughts. No, no, I totally agree with your advice. And it's, it's always better, right? When you have a genuine connection and relationship with someone and then down the line, a job opportunity comes up, you're going to be the first person that they think of. Um, or vice versa. If you reach out and you're a friend, um, that's that's always better rather than approaching it from a I need a job perspective. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's um, the thing. Like, you know, you and I both know, I'm sure everybody that works in like we get emails all the time, you know, Twitter time. DMs, whatever of like, hey, I want a job or hey, I'm looking for an internship. Um, and I think so many of us have seen that. And I'll be honest, like the majority of those that I get, like, I just don't feel like I have the time or the energy to respond to a lot of them. Versus the ones that I have responded to have been the people that have reached out that there's this fine line of like, I feel like this person's trying to get a better understanding of the industry. Like, I feel like I can help maybe mentor this person to be like, hey, here's here. Let me answer some questions for you. And then that naturally is like, OK, they've they've already taken the first step that if, if there is an opportunity, I feel like I've made a genuine connection with you. The connection isn't, you know, loaded with I want a job. It's I want to get some information and establish a connection and then you know, hopefully down the road that that might turn into something. But yeah. Totally agreed. And you said something earlier about reaching out to smaller orgs. Um, and it even ties back to the email that you wrote to your alma mater, um, where you were upset about <laughs> the course load. I'm and so I've, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've hosted quite a few of these um, Q&As. And something that has come up a lot is um, showing your value to an org, um, especially when there is so much noise in everyone's DMs and in everyone's inbox in, on LinkedIn. Um, if you can, as an individual can reach out to a corporation and show them your value, what you would bring to the team, maybe what they're doing wrong and how you'd fix it, I think that's infinitely more valuable than just saying, hey, I'm Emily, hire me. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like you, each person is is unique and has unique skills, but it's 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 very daunting to try and figure out how to show that like you you're constantly just striving to like I need the stage right to be able to show that and so I think oftentimes that manifests into like sending a DM or an email of like hey again the the front loading being like I want a job or I need an internship or whatever versus like hey I just want to have a conversation like I'm going to show you who I am and the value I add by like just meeting with you and talking about careers and life and whatever um, or leading with, Hey, here's some of the work that I've done kind of a thing and letting that speak for itself. But I'm, I'm a big proponent of, um, just like authentic, organic kind of relationship building leading into opportunity in the future and not having it be like a loaded, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet with this person to try and get that job. Cause it's very clear when that, when that comes across, you know? So, yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, we've got more questions for sure. So I'll keep it moving here. Um, Ooh. What, uh, excuse me, how would you recommend reaching out to other people in the esports industry for networking? And you touched on this a little bit, um, but any additional advice? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I touched on it a little bit, but I think the funny enough, so I ended up taking uh, the opportunity to teach at my alma mater um, and doing nice. some classes there. Yeah, but um, I ended up turning that. So the, the class was 
um, sports slash esports marketing. Um, and so we kind of talked about a number of different things, but um, one of the things that I really stressed with them half of the class was I showed them the the letter that I wrote to the university saying like, hey, here's where I was at when I was in your position. I was kind of upset with where the education's at and they kind of called my bluff and tried to bring me back in. Um, but like I wanted to teach them how to get a job. That was half the class it was like half. We're going to learn this stuff. But the other half is like, I want to get you out of here. Like, I know that's what on, is on everyone's mind is how do you get a job? And so I spent a lot of time talking about networking, the stuff that I had done in my own career. Um, some of the stuff that I'd done, I actually thought while I was at Intel that I wanted to be at Nike. Um, Nike's right down the road from from me in, in Beaverton, Oregon. And I thought that's where I wanted to be. And so I spent two and a half years of networking at Nike. Um, I document I had over 120 informational interviews at Nike. Not like, hey, I'm interviewing for a job, but I'm just reaching out and meeting someone and then asking them, okay, hey, that was a great meeting. Who, like, anyone else you think I should meet with? Or do you know someone over here that you can introduce me with? Um, and that truly was for me to like map this like spider web network within the walls of that company. One, to be able to have relationships so that when I'm having a conversation with someone, I could say, oh, you mean this person or like have a frame of reference of the other teams that you know you can work on. And so that's kind of what I taught them is how I did that. I mean, it was it was kind of interesting, but I was like, you look at most people's, um, you know, corporate email address, it's typically going to be like one of two patterns. Like it'll be first name dot last name at X company <laughs> or, you know, first initial last name at X company. I was like, once you get one email, you now can send cold emails. Like as much as that's kind of like an intimate, like you can send out an email and say, hey, here's who I am. I would love to get some more information. Boom. I did that a ton. Um, and you know, you send 20, you're going to get one response. That's just kind of how it goes. And so that's how I slowly mapped my way in. And it was fun. At the end of that class, I had five people come up and say like, I did that method and I have jobs. Um, I was able to find jobs. So like, that's the biggest thing that I would say is, is just trying to, if there's a place that you want to work at or, or an industry that you want to work at, trying to have as many conversations as possible, again, that are more trying to be like a sponge and soaking up information is is super helpful to understanding what you want to do and then finding opportunities so yeah. yeah that is excellent advice and i'm sure that all of your students loved that class it sounds like <laughs> a really really great course it was a good time <laughs> awesome uh so for someone who is interested in working in marketing what skills would you recommend they improve on to best prepare themselves for the role this i think again is really related to that course that you taught so what did you not learn that you wish you learned um, and what skills do you really need in today's environment that you might have to get elsewhere outside of a university course? I mean, I think there's like stuff that I didn't learn in the university course. Like there's definitely some, um, you know, like program type, you know, things that you can learn. You can go on YouTube and, and learn some kind of hard skills of, you know, how to do, you know, social media content management or something like trying to learn um, something like that. And, and, and running paid advertising on Google, like you can go get certifications and things like that to you know beef up a resume. But I mean, personally, for me, the ways that I have found my ways into different jobs and roles and, and done well is just trying to be as personable as possible. Like it's soft skills that I've I've really leaned on, um, especially like I mean, there's so much of, of things that you kind of have to fake it till you make it and figure things out like truly. There's so many yeah. people that like look buttoned up. I mean, someone made a comment on how long my title is. My title looks kind of crazy, but it's like every day I walk into situations that I'm like, I need to fake this until I make it. There's things that 
I truly just don't have experience on that I'm going to have to figure out. And so I end up leaning on my soft skills of like being very personable and, you know, having people skills to, to help get my way through that, asking the right questions, you know, painting myself in a, in a good light. So, um, I think that's some of the skills that, that, um, I've leaned on, but I think it's really leaning on whatever your natural skill set is, like whatever makes you unique, whatever you think makes you stand out. Um, but in general, I would say if it's hard skill stuff, like looking up, you can go Google search, you know, um, most popular, you know, social media marketing programs, um, or applications or whatever. And you can go get tons of certifications, um, on those that looks great on a resume. Again, if you don't have a lot of experience, but you can say, Hey, I've done X, Y, Z, but I also am, you know, Google AdWords certified. Um, and, um, yeah, stuff like that. So I think Google is a great ally. YouTube's a great ally in, in building some of that. And there's a lot of education you can do on your own. That's outside of any classroom that that could teach you. I'm, I'm pretty big on that. Again, I don't learn well in a classroom. So yeah, no, that was awesome advice. Um, and it's something that I have started looking into recently, like, Hey, I should be beefing up my resume these days. Yeah, um, yeah. so the fact that people can be just doing it throughout college, in addition to your course load, even dare I say high school, I don't know that that's really possible. <laughs> Maybe if you're a senior, you're 18. Um, but there's so many things, like you said, that you could be just researching on your own and becoming proficient in on your own time. That'll be yeah. up a resume. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Our next question comes from Marcus and he's asked, uh, seeing how large companies and brands are investing themselves in to the esports and gaming scene, how do you see that landscape evolving to appeal to a more general audience? Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things that gaming, I mean, if, if, you know, everyone's here, um, a gamer, like it's not new to us, right? Like we've been in gaming for a long time. We've always known the power of it, but it's, it's does seem like within the last, you know, three to five years, things have started to just really start to blow up and, and people almost like taking a gaming, like us as gamers more seriously of like, Oh, like, <laughs> like this is an audience we should care about. Right. So you're seeing, yes all these other exactly. brands start to spend a lot of money trying to capture our attention. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Like there's, there's companies that are, you know, very natural that, that fit, right? Like that, that you start to see market to, to, to gamers. There's others that we can all pick out and be like, that does not make sense. You see those Twitch ads pop up or whatever, like, what are they doing? Um, yeah. I think a lot of those have turned into memes or on Reddit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like in general, I think gaming's just becoming more and more mainstream. It is funny, like seeing more brands get in, but I think it's more interesting to see how much gaming has just crossed over to to mainstream and how many athletes and musicians and, you know, like hip hop artists and, and whoever, you know, country music stars, like everybody is now you're seeing them pop up on Twitch or playing gaming tournaments or, you know, tweet about it, put on their Instagram story. Like it's like, it's, it's crazy. It wasn't like Khloe Kardashian the other day, like put like Valorant on her instagram story like out of nowhere like i missed it's, that <laughs> it's everywhere like it's it's starting to like pop up in these places that yeah. um you normally wouldn't have seen it before like the stigma of who is a gamer is very much you know going out of the window but it's still a like an area that a lot of people don't understand so i think one of the values of that is if you are a gamer and you live in this space like you there are so many jobs that i'm seeing pop up at like marketing agencies for some entry level jobs for like, you know, a marketing specialist or something that crosses over to gaming that they're like truly looking for people who understand gaming that, that, you know, there's people that 
are in the industry of, of marketing that just have no concept and understanding. They may play video games when they were a kid, but like they haven't lived this. And so I think that presents an opportunity for, for, you know, everyone watching and, 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 um, that has a love and a passion for gaming. Like there's a lot of opportunities out there now for just somebody that can understand that for the brands coming in, for agencies that are kind of helping them market. But yeah, hopefully that answered your question. If not type a type, uh, you suck. I need another answer and I'll try and help. I do have like one eye on the chat in which somebody did confirm that she was playing Valorant. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so yes, feel free to write things in the chat too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I think the switch for me or like when I really, if I could pinpoint a moment in recent history that changed the landscape of gaming forever is when Drake and Ninja. Ninja. Oh, played. huge. Mm-hmm. That will mm-hmm. go down as one of the most defining moments in like gaming becoming mainstream. Like, exactly. and yeah, is is as much crap as like you know Ninja and and Fortnite and all of these things get. Like that was a truly defining moment, and so many people being like, "Oh my god!" Like Drake and Travis Scott, and I forgot who else was playing with them. Like they're all playing right now. Like this is mind blowing. That stream had yeah. like. I don't even know how many people watching at that time, but just crazy. Yeah. Like, and then now that's normal, right? Like think about that three years ago about any hip hop artist that's mainstream jumping on and playing a game. Like it just wasn't a thing. Like, and now it's all over the place. Like you got, you got all sorts of musicians, like I said, with their own streams, like, you know, on Twitch. Um, Yeah. It's, it's crazy how, how, how much it's changed in a very short period of time when gaming has been around for forever, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My goodness. Uh, well, I think you did answer Marcus's question, but of course, Marcus, let us know in the chat if, if we didn't answer. Um, our next question comes in from Tex, and they've asked, uh, I just recently applied for the gaming events undergrad intern position at Intel. Hey, nice. Do you have any examples of past projects that this role would work on? Gaming events undergrad intern post position. So I think from an events perspective, it's a lot of like that role will be a lot of just project management. So, you know, there'll be like big events, like a, like a, let's say a PAX or a, um, or a, a TwitchCon or E3 or whatever that Intel's going to go have like probably a booth presence at. And so it's working, you know, the, the job is probably working on like managing different marketing agencies that are doing production on site. So it's a lot of like, there's just a lot of things running at once that you need to keep straight. Like that's, that's typically what I see from like an event management perspective. And honestly, like even my job is just a lot of like shit flying everywhere and you got to try to like figure out how to organize it. So I think that's a lot of what that, that role would be. So I think as far as like a resume goes and how you build that up, like showing project management skills, showing, you know, complex, you know, teams that you've worked on and things you've had to manage from beginning to end to reporting on success um, is probably going to be some of the some of the things that you would need to show. But yeah, like a, a role like that's going to be all your your large events like a PAX TwitchCon E3 stuff like that. Maybe even some integration of Intel Gamer Days. You don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you had to play gamer days <laughs> i did i did we love intel gamer days here yeah. um so speaking of of intel and days what is your day-to-day like at intel that was that was you're good at this that was good um Thank you. <laughs> um day-to-day uh it's it's been crazy lately not gonna lie i think um 
COVID has changed the day-to-day a lot. Um, I think the normal, what was eight to five for, for me is now like six thirty seven is the new eight o'clock and like 7 PM is the new five o'clock. Like days are just getting really long these days. And I think, uh, I'm very excited to get back to an office where five o'clock rolls around. I'll say, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll solve that. We'll solve that crowd tomorrow. Um, but no, day to day is my, um, the three kind of areas that I cover is esports in in the U.S. It's um, influencers, gaming influencers in the U.S., and then general gaming community. Um, and then we have other folks on uh, my team that are focused on more like the partner marketing side of things um, or kind of overall just kind of gaming segment. But I get to focus on what I call the fun stuff. I get to do all the cool things that isn't necessarily always focused on selling product. It's more on like, brand perception and sentiment and things like that. So yeah, day-to-day is a mix of those things. It's, it's esports, you know, working on, um, you know, some of our large tournaments with like ESL and Intel extreme masters, things like that. Like we have, you know, I am Dallas that's coming up in June. Like I'm right now working on the planning for that. What are we going to do on site for that? Um, then there's the lane of, okay, we have products launching, um, or we have some cool live streams you want to do. Like, where do we pull in influencers? Um, so it's the influencer strategy and then it's signing and, you know, doing the whole contracting of, of net new influencers from, you know, all the way at the, the, the micro level, all the way up to kind of a mega level, like a, like a Dr. Lupo or something. And then, um, third lane is general, like general gaming community. That's really the fun stuff where it's a lot of like testing and doing new cool things, like whether it's social giveaways or it's, you know, working with, you know, creating some new content for our, for our YouTube. That's again, more around like fun stories um, and cool things that Intel's doing in the, in the gaming community and then net new like gaming events. Like we started a virtual gaming series called master of game. That was like fully digital. You play the games you want at home on your PC and it's um, like using overwolf to, to track your progress and your time and you can win, you know, PCs and peripherals and things like that as you just engage and play. Um, so coming up with, with stuff like that. So it is really like on paper, it's very fun. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the, the day-to-day stuff that I do, but I wasn't joking in the sense that a lot of my time is like just people management, like just like, not even like, Hey, I have a team of management, like just managing relationships, um, trying to keep a lot of different work streams, um, together at once. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it sounds like it it can get crazy yeah. on a day-to-day basis and I'm sure it involves a lot of meetings uh and yeah. very little time to actually do the work uh which is why your days are now extending from That's typically why it is. It's the it's your 8 to 5. Well, actually meetings start really early, but it's like the meetings will start like at 6:30 or something with some like global teams. But for the most of the day it's just filled with meetings for like I said planning of events, meeting with you know, influencers or influencer agencies or whatever. And then there's these little windows of time that you actually get to do the work that you need to do. And sometimes that pushes into the evening or, or weekend. So yeah, it's, yeah. And I think COVID has magnified that big time. I used to have very natural lulls and breaks during the day and those are gone. <laughs> so yeah. Yes, I can certainly understand that. Um, well, I want to remind everyone quickly how they can ask Josiah questions. Um, so we are pulling questions from our TSMU Discord. So if you have a question for Josiah, please head to discord.gg TSMU and ask your question in the Q&A questions channel. Cool. 
But uh, while we wait for even more questions to come in, don't you worry, I've got tons, <laughs> tons to ask you. Um, so are there any particular campaigns or projects you've worked on in your career that you're especially proud of? Hmm. I think one of the ones like more recently, we've been doing a lot of work at like the middle school, high school level um, where we've been going into like high schools, middle schools and surprising them with like esports labs. Um, oh, cool. That's been really, really cool and rewarding because it, I mean, one, it's cool that we're giving them new tech and like the kids love that. The schools love that for sure. But mainly it's going in and like we did this in Atlanta um, in November of this last year. We actually just posted a video, I think, on our YouTube about it. We surprised a middle school and a high school with brand new esports labs. And then we spent two days on site building the lab. And then one day was just like meeting with students and faculty and teachers. And so like I got to sit up in front of, you know, the, the whole school and like answer questions about gaming and same, you know, as this, like where it's like careers in gaming, but it's for a lot of these kids that, like I said, are at like even a middle school level that have this love and this passion, this desire for, for gaming. That's what they do when they get home and parents sitting in the back, teachers sitting in the back talking about the importance of bringing that into a classroom setting and how that's actually not a distraction, um, that it can actually be something very powerful of learning life skills and, um, communication and teamwork and all sorts of things. And so that was really eye-opening and even talking to them about like, again, the, the parents who are either very happy about their kids playing games or very not happy about their kids playing games and trying to channel some of that into a positive thing of like, no, this is something that your kid can actually turn into a career. And I'm not talking about being the next ninja, right? Like, sure, you can go down that lane and try and be a content creator, but look at all these different jobs. If they're interested in gaming, like it could be on the hardware side, they could be an, an engineer, they could be, they could work on coding, they could do we talked about storytelling. They could be a storyteller or an artist that works for a game dev, right? Like that's needed. There's marketing, there's sales, like all of this within gaming and gaming's larger than what is it? North America sports, the music and film industry combined. Industries, yeah. Like that's insane. <laughs> insane. I, I told yeah. that stat to people and their eyes are just like, what? Like how many people go into careers there and it's normal. But now we're talking about one industry that overtakes all of those. So it's really eye-opening anyway. I was kind of ranting on it, but that was that's been very cool. I've been able to do like three different activations like that. We did a road show um where we had a team um with our our partner high school esports league where they like rented an RV and drove all across the US and you know delivered PCs to schools. Um and we got to like surprise them and again do the same thing. So that's been some of the most rewarding work that I've been able to do. I mean, I've done some really cool stuff that me as just a fan of gaming has been into, but that's something that like truly giving back chain, hopefully changing some, some lives, one with the tech, but then just an eye opening of, Hey, this is a, this is a lane that you can have a career in. You can turn that passion into, cause again, like I had no idea that I could have a career in gaming. I loved gaming. I spent so much time not focusing on homework and playing <laughs> video games that I thought that would never be a thing. <clears throat> and yeah. I remember when I, my first check that I got from Twitch when I did live streaming is framed, right? Where, where it's at, right there. And I sent that to my parents afterwards as like, a, aha, see, I could do it. Like, you can make money in gaming. <laughs> it's a very funny, like, you can do it. So I have That's that awesome. there because it's just kind of like a, it's a funny memory. But yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And um, I've got to hear more separately about this middle school program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really great. 
Um, well, <laughs> what are some of the more important lessons that you've learned in your career that you can share? Mm. I think I still go through this a lot. Like as much as it's important to find a job that you like, it's just as equally important to find the things that you don't like. Um, and I've spent some time in jobs that I truly hated, like, um, and did not enjoy. And so I think, and it, honestly, even within the walls of, of Intel, just because I didn't have a passion for it, you know, like I, I worked on our data center side of the business and I working on like artificial intelligence, I just don't wake up and care about, you know, artificial intelligence and, and servers and things like that. So like even within a company that I've, you know, found a lot of love for and, and worked for for a while, like there's jobs that I have truly not enjoyed. And I think that's been super important for me to kind of be okay with um, is trying to find the things that just as, is, like I said, just as important as finding the job that you enjoy is finding the one that you don't. Um, I think that's a, that's been a big learning. Again, I think being comfortable that you're not going to know everything because everyone looks so buttoned up from the outside. Um, but everyone is still trying to fake it till they make it and just, you know, figure shit out. So um, I think being comfortable with being uncomfortable is is really important in like learning new roles or jobs or skills or just, you know, just saying screw it and going for it. Like, I think that's that's a big one that I've had to kind of push myself into um, of yeah. knowing that everyone has been at this point and trying to figure stuff out. So, yeah, exactly. And surprisingly, a lot of massive corporations, especially for roles in gaming, don't have like a very formal onboarding. Like you will learn this thing and then you'll be able to do this thing and you will I'll teach you this and then you do that. It is most times just you go learn by doing like you like, said. Here's the resume, but your job is actually not anywhere on that. It's going to be very different. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. So yeah. it, it really is a matter of um, just saying goodbye to that imposter syndrome yeah. and just embracing that everybody's out here just trying to figure their jobs out at the same time. Um, yeah. And I think that's a lot of like back to some of just the, the soft skills, you know, to have is just yeah. to be able to roll with the punches, right? Like, sure, you need to be able to get to the to the point of like an interview or whatever, showing some some experience. But when you get into a job, it's just like I need to learn and fail very fast. Like you're just constantly failing as fast as you can and learning what's going to work and what's not and just rolling with the punches and going because that's that's what it is. Like just learning as you go every day. I am learning as I go. I do not know what I'm doing. I'm just figuring it out. So Precisely. Oh, awesome. Great advice. Thank you. Um, next one. How do you stay organized? What organizational programs, tools or processes do you use and any advice on how to use them? I am so disorganized. My office looks great <laughs> and it looks organized, but I am not organized. So I started um, just having like a to do list. Like that's how I because I get so many emails and things in my inbox and I'm like my my attention span is very much like I'll get an email. I'll see something, I'll be in another meeting, I'm like, okay, oh, I need to do that thing. Okay, I'll get to that thing. If I don't write it down, it is gone from my memory and it will hit me again in three days when that person's like, hey, where's that thing? And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't do it. So yeah. I, that's, this is what works for me is just writing things down. And as funny as it is, I have to be so diligent to do that because my natural instinct is just to see it and be like, yeah, I'll get to that. 
Um, yeah. But if I don't write it down, I'm, I'm screwed. So that's how I have to do it. I've tried to do like digital application to-do list stuff. I, I just handwriting, it gets in my brain if I write it down. So, yeah. I can't lie. I use the exact same method. Yep. <laughs> exact yep. same. Uh, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta write down your to-dos and then everything's fine. <laughs> uh, what has been your favorite memory that you made while working in esports and gaming and why is it so special to you? Um, I mean, honestly, like I kind of joked about the whole like check thing from Twitch, but having nothing to do with Intel, like that's been some of the most fun. I actually started doing live streaming on Twitch before I worked in gaming at Intel uh, because I was working on the data center side of our business. And I was like, I need something like an outlet that I enjoy. And so I started doing <laughs> live streaming. But that's been some of the most fun memories that I've had of gaming is just the communities that have been built on Twitch. Um, I spent a lot of time playing Apex. So that's kind of like my that's my family is is, you know, the creators and the and the viewers over there. So that's that's been some of the more fun memories. Again, like just having a check finally come in for for playing video games was just mind blowing to me. And it was so like I literally have it framed, guys. Like it's it's a thing like it was crazy to me. So that's been some of the most fun. And then now turning that into either meeting up with people at like a TwitchCon or now with my work, like a lot of my friends that I've made through streaming, I am now have a relationship with them at Intel where I'm now like sponsoring them or doing activations. And I'm like reaching out or texting them like, hey, do you want to do this thing? Like, you know, we're going to do a paid activation with you. Like that's been really fun to see that whole community go full circle for me where I was able to kind of establish that before. And then now that I'm working in it, like gaming's a very small world. We found that out today, Emily. Like yeah, we yeah, like we the, it's it's a very small world and it's been fun to kind of connect the dots um there. So that's been some of the more fun memories is is that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Any uh event specific memories that have been over and above? TwitchCon 2019 for me was huge. That was that was so Great much event. fun. That was the first time that I got to meet a lot of like my community face to face. It sucks that we haven't had one since. Um, fingers no. crossed for for this year, right? But that very much just going out to dinners, like you know, staying in hotels or hostels or whatever, like right there outside of San Diego, you know, renting the um, scooters and riding around town at like two a.m. Like that. That those are memories that I will never forget. And people that instantly like they were already a part of like my family before but then you meet them face to face and give them a hug it's like they will be my family forever like it's such a cool a cool moment so twitchcon 2019 that was the that was the thing for me nice nice okay well speaking of your favorite memories and twitch and twitchcon do you want to plug your twitch re in this in this no. format quickly no <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, I mean, like, if you want to check it out, I streamed last night for the first time in like five months. Um, my my uh, my stream has definitely uh, been lacking as of late, but it is fun, like to turn stream back on and still have like, you know, 20, 30 people show up from my old community is really cool. And like to connect with people again, people that I literally have, like some of my oldest viewers in my stream who've like been subbed to me now for like three years or something. Like I have their family Christmas cards on my fridge. Like there's like, it's this, this like family that truly got built. But yeah, like my, my, my Twitch is, uh, there it's in the chat. It's my using TwitchCon 19 badge right there in the chat. Um, nice. but yeah, I don't really stream that, that regularly anymore, but there it is. <laughs> All right, everyone go follow 
Nuz, you said it's Nuzman. Nuzman, yeah. <laughs> <It's a joke. laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, this next question is really good. Um, I think it's I think it's particularly good because of the amount of uh, emails and DMs that end up in our inboxes. So, for collegiate leaders out there looking for sponsors for their clubs, programs, and events, what advice would you give to those approaching brands for sponsorship? Yeah, I think it's like again trying to break away from the noise a bit um as much as you can i'll be honest i haven't seen very many um do it well and like reaching out to me like again it's a lot of times like hey the leading thing is hey we need money like we we need a sponsor um and oftentimes like it's not the way that i like, want to start the conversation i want to like hey here's what we're doing we'd love to have you be a part of it whatever so i think um I think just trying as much as you can to establish again, like a very genuine connection with somebody, um, you know, at, at the, the corporate side of the house of just like, Hey, I, you know, am a, am a leader on, you know, this, this, um, esports and EDU kind of team or club or whatever. Like I would love to chat with you or, Hey, maybe I would love for you to come in and speak to our club, right. About careers, whatever, like make a connection there. Um, that's outside of just, Hey, you know, we're looking, we're looking for a sponsorship. Now, look, that may work sometimes, but I'm just saying from my personal experience, there's a lot of white noise when it comes to sponsorships and and and, and teams and, and schools and all of that. So trying to break away and just do something a little bit different, I think my biggest recommendation there or trying to find a job is always going to be broken record, but establishing a personal kind of connection first. As much as you can try and do that without it feeling loaded, I think is, is, a, is a solid first step um, to make. Probably not the best answer, but that's the one I'm going to give. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And if I can even expand upon it from my perspective, um, I feel as though collegiate esports leaders really need to think about, uh, you know, corporations priorities as well. Um, and that we need to be seeing that connection um, at your school and almost thinking about like, what, do, what does what benefit, excuse me, does your esports club bring to this corporation? Um, we want to make sure that any relationships are two-sided. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, it should really be a give and take. And so um, I think approaching from a partnership perspective as opposed to a sponsorship perspective um, is maybe a, a nice way to approach as well. Um, of course, in addition to building that genuine connection. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on. And again, like, like you said, knowing what a corporation wants probably out of this relationship, but also knowing like knowing yourself, knowing your team or the group that you're in, like what the strengths are there. Because if a company's like primary goal is trying to sell something, right? Um, and you have a very small school or a very small audience tuning into your streams, like that's probably not the value prop, right? To lead with of like, hey, we, you know, we feel like we're gonna be able to drive sales for you because like, again, these big corporations have very large sales engines that are probably doing something else for them that, that's going to be better. But again, that partnership of like, hey, like, we'd love to do something really cool with you. And like, I mean, I'll tell you one of the things that we do with a lot of our um, esports and education stuff, like I'm not going into those schools trying to drive sales. Like I'm trying to selfishly, I'm trying to do these programs because I think they're really cool and really valuable. But like to sell me to sell it into Intel, like there has to be an emotional connection there. Like, hey, this is going to go show how Intel's making some really cool investments at the grassroots level within within esports, right? So it's like, what I end up doing is I go do that activation, I film it, I capture it, I package it up and I put it on YouTube or I put it on our socials 
so that it gets scale. Like it, more people can get eyeballs on that and you see it and go, wow, Intel's doing some really cool things, right? The, the impact isn't just there what's at the school. It's much bigger than that. So even that is something where it's like, hey, like we would love to work with you on this. Like we can even capture content for you and give it back to you. Like there's some value exchange there um, that, that, yeah, I think I was, I think you hit the nail on the head <laughs> on that one. I think you did too. Um, awesome. And we've got like 12 minutes and numerous <laughs> more questions. So I'm going to keep us, keep us going here. So this next one is a big one. Have you experienced burnout and how did you overcome <laughs> that? Do you have any advice for everyone on how to prevent it or overcome it? Yes. Um, <laughs> I had a feeling. Very much so. Um, it's tough, man. Like I've, I've gone through so many different phases of burnout. Um, and it's always different. Sometimes it's with the job itself, like I said, in previous roles. Sometimes it's with, um, I mean, I'll be honest, like working at Intel, that's a very large corporate engine. Um, it's a matrix of, a, we have 100,000 plus employees. Like there's a lot that goes into, into this kind of corporation. So like sometimes that can wear you down, just like the, the stresses of a large corporation. There can be management stuff that, that wears you down. I think the way that I've tried to find, and I've even found this within like Twitch. When I was streaming on Twitch, I was playing Apex. You know, when I was streaming consistently, I was streaming like three to four days a week for like six hours after work, like, you know, four days a week. Like I got burnout pretty quick on the game, on streaming, whatever. I got burnout at work. The way I do it is trying to find other things that that kind of distract me and can give me passion. Like, like I said, I just started trying to do woodworking because I still love gaming. That's still my, probably my biggest passion. But I sit in this desk from 6.30 a.m. until 6 or 7 at night working. The last thing I want to do at the end of the day is continue to sit here and play games until it's time to go to bed and wake up and come right back to the same desk again. So it's like I've had to try and like just get myself out of this space and go work with my hands. Like that's how I've tried to to get out of burnout with with work or whatever is finding something to to take my mind off it and sometimes it might be an actual job change um like maybe that's the the solution sometimes it's just i need something else that's gonna fulfill me um so yeah i definitely experience burnout all the time um probably experienced some today some last week like it just it happens it's very it's it's someone's line of the <laughs> they say they don't experience burnout even in great jobs like i'll say that my job is great on paper but sometimes there's days where i'm like this sucks like this just it's how it goes there's the there's that with every single job so totally totally there's crappy parts to every single yeah. job yeah. <laughs> yeah um well thank you for sharing that tip i like the the woodworking tip and being able to work with your hands i think that's awesome and <laughs> yeah. you'll have to uh show me separately some of your latest yeah. projects yeah <laughs> Cool. So how do you personally stay on top of gaming and esports trends? Um, trying to like keep up on Twitter. Twitter's probably the thing that I stick yeah. with the most. So um <clears throat> even when I was like doing streaming, that's kind of was my main platform to like get content out was actually Twitter. Um so Twitter's what I probably keep up with the most. And then I always have a stream pulled up um throughout the workday, just somewhere in a corner, whether or not I'm listening to it or not. So that's probably how I try and keep up with it the most. Sometimes Reddit as well, but I think Twitter's where one where I found like the majority of my community is there. 
It's a great place to network as well. Um, yeah. if you, if you know how to use it, it's a, a solid place to, to make connections. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I keep most up to date. Nice. Nice. Twitter is always a great place. <laughs> TikTok too. I'm like, I, I, I get too many um, hours spent scrolling on there. <laughs> yes, exactly. The trends for sure are oh, yeah. emerging on TikTok. Yes. Awesome. Um, well, this is one of our last questions here. And Sam Step has asked, what was the hardest project you worked on and how did you overcome some of the challenges that came with it? Oh, working with Emily when she was at Lenovo, that was always tough. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hardest project. Um, the first one that comes to mind is actually not gaming related. It was when I was on um, kind of our sports group. Again, very cool job. Um, I was basically like we had some for short uh, explanation. We had like VR cameras for live sports. Um, where you could basically like sit courtside kind of a thing. And so we were working with like the NBA, the NFL, La Liga, the Olympics, um, all these different, very, very um, high tier established um, sports, you know, organizations um, to bring that to life. And so I, I was very different job. I was focused on how do you advertise in VR or in um, like volumetric video. And so it was like working with a lot of brands like coca-cola or budweiser or whoever of like what is advertise what is a what is the polar bear experience um you know that you normally see on a screen look like in vr for a you know a halftime ad kind of a thing so i got to work on some of that and that was very cool but it was definitely the most stressful job that i've ever had in my life <laughs> like it was um very demanding lots of different partners that you know i'll be honest are not easy to to work with they're just again big corporate engines and you're a big corporate engine trying to get things done it can move very slow um and the fear of not feeling like i know what i'm doing again i'm going and speaking with people at you know organizations that are very established and i'm intimidated by i think i was 24 at the time of having that job like i had no idea what i was doing fake it till you make it all the way and so I think that's that's some of the bigger challenges that I had was just trying to overcome the fear of not knowing what I'm doing and just trying again, failing fast and figuring it out, asking the right questions. Um, so that's probably one of them. I'm sure I could come up with others, but that's the first one that came to mind. That was very much the most stressful job I've ever had. So <laughs> it was great. It was very cool. Again, awesome on paper, stressful. Yes, and I love your failing fast advice. I think that's awesome uh, because everyone forgives mistakes in the beginning and the first time. Yeah. Uh, and then if they continue down the line, then I figure that uh, one out. But hey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're almost at time here, but I have one more question for you. Sure. You mentioned some pretty cool brands. So, what is uh, one of or a few of the coolest brands that you've gotten the opportunity to work with throughout your career and what to do with them? Um, the sports ones were very cool. Again, this was at a time when I was like, yeah, I'm going to work at Nike. So like I had this high, you know, astute value on, you know, working with the NFL or, or the NBA or whatever. Um, so those were big. I think getting to work again, that same role, getting to work with some really cool brands that typically sponsor, you know, sports related activities, got some, some really cool insight and access. Um, another one that I got to do early on was do some work with like, we did some work with Lady Gaga. It was one of my first kind of roles. Um, it was very different, but again, we were doing some unique um, 
like technology showcase for some of her performances. And that was really different and cool. Um, and again, to get exposure to that, or like, I think the X games was another one that I got to work on very early, just early on in my career. I was just like, I opened stunned. I got to work with like LeBron James and Serena Williams. And like at the time I was very much into hip hop. So Metro boom. And if you guys know who that is, like I was all in on, on, you know, getting to work with some of them as who are influencers, but are brands within themselves. Like I was so starstruck in to work on those projects. So yeah, I've had I've had the opportunity to work on some some really cool things, even outside of you know outside of gaming. Obviously, gaming I get to work with with really cool brands too. But TSMU, huge um, Lenovo, huge. Logitech, <clears throat> those are definitely my favorites. So if I had to do a you know a top a top one list, it's going to be those you know all those combined. That's definitely my that's the right my answer. Favorite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I'm about to give our outro here, but any final words of wisdom, Josiah? It's been awesome talking to you. No, um, thank you guys for the opportunity. Um, I'll open the the floodgates and say if anyone has more questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I will try as much as I can to to get to them, but I truly like I do have a passion for this. Like I said, I went back and, and taught a class even at, at a university on this. Like I would love to help answer some some questions yes spam josiah said it's okay thanks kirsten (laughs) but yeah no seriously um thanks for thanks for the opportunity hopefully it helped a little bit yes thank you so much for being our guest this evening it was awesome talking to you thank you guys so much for watching um there will be another episode next wednesday february 16th at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern so please be sure to follow the channel so that you know when we're live please be sure that you join the discord it is discord.gg slash tsmu So Josiah, that's all I got. Thank you so much again for joining us. Of course. Thanks, guys.